small on the microphone, but we've done this setup with the camera here, so it seems the most sense that I stand here anyway. Um, I hope this, this morning's reflection is something that actually comes quite authentically out of the three months uh, that I had off. So I, I hope um, that we all get a lot out of it because I think it's, it's, not, it's something that we'll all, we all, I'm sure, he have wrestled with. It's not something, uh, it's something worth reflecting on and it's to do with a lifelong struggle of what it means to follow Jesus. And I've been reflecting on this idea that... Um, you guys know that when it comes to following Jesus, the way the flow the Bible teaches us is that He loves and then we love. Like it's, it's His love and then we love. So He loves and serves us. And from that foundation, we love and serve those around us. And um, But what I've been reflecting in and seeing it in myself and seeing the sin in myself is that when we get about the business of loving and serving others and we haven't actually rooted ourselves deeply in the love of God, those actions become infused with all sorts of corrupt desires. And so we can get busy doing things for the Lord and then actually start to not even represent his heart because the whole idea is that love from him is meant to form us, that, that, that reflection on him, that place of remaining in the vine, that mysterious idea, what does it mean to abide in Jesus, to delight in his law? And if we're not moving from that, what I've found is that even though I'm doing good things, it keeps getting corrupted by bad things. And I've got very, very examples that God has made clear in my life again and again and again um, so you know I can so I, I am gifted as a speaker and I love to use my gift to serve you and to, to help you understand the Lord's word but that can if I'm not deeply formed if my security and identity is not deeply formed in the love of God as I do that that can be infected by a need for your approval that can be infected by my, a need for me to be significant in the eyes of others. But And what's the space where those not-so-good motivations are going to be dealt with? It's going to be abiding in the vine and dwelling in the love of God because that's the part that makes me know, oh, I am, I am worthy of love, of God's love, before I speak to you. you know, if, and if I'm not spending time there, then... I mean, Dallas Willard, um, he, he presented this idea, if you don't think it's kind of like a spiritual discipline sort of um, meditating on Christ sort of author. And he says one of the, but he thinks the way the Bible talks about the soul is it's like a stream. It's like, so it's like a, and from that stream, whatever you've got flows out into your life. And so to, he would see delighting in the law of the Lord and, and singing songs and meeting with his people as soul care because you know, you want whatever's going to flow out into your actions, you want that to really care for that and, and, and look after that. Um, and, you know, and God has shown me again and again that when I lose that space, I will think I'm serving people, but I'm also, I'm also acting out of insecurity. I'm also acting out of pride. It's kind of getting sabotaged by these things. And the space where those things get dealt with and, and, and repented from is when we when we dwell in God's love for us first. And so when we think about the, the dynamics of what it means to transform in Christ, Psalm 1 is a wonderfully balanced psalm because it actually deals with the process of transformation from a whole bunch of different angles. And if you have Psalm 1 open in front of you, um, it starts with something that is, that is great. So it starts with the fact that 
Christians, people who follow the Lord, I mean, Christian wouldn't be the term back then, but people who follow the Lord and believe in Him, people who are blessed, um, if you read it with me, um, a lot of people know this psalm on some level off by heart. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers. And, um, and just in those images, we could explore them far deeper, what those different images of, of um, evil stand for. But, um, you know, the first one is, is about setting ourselves apart, isn't it? Is that, that there is a world that is broken, that is, that is sinful, and that you can't just, as you guys know, it is foolish to get up and just go with the flow. of You know, you can't just go with the popular opinion. You can't just go with the values of the culture. You can't just... It's like, like we, we are called to be a set-apart people and to know what we are not for and to know... And, but, and this is, this is... And you guys, I think, will understand this because I see this sickness on Facebook. I see this sickness in the way people interact. If you are a Christian who ultimately defines yourself by what you avoid and what you are against, and that is it, that gets infected by very sinful things. Because you can be someone who says, well, I don't hang around with that evil over there, and I don't engage with this, these types of people, and I, and I don't sit with these sorts of people. But while that should be fueled by a love for God and a love for those people, when, it's, when you're not sitting and being formed in the love of God, you can be doing those same things, but actually you are fueled by fear of those people. You are fueled by hate for those people. You are fueled by the fact that you wish harm upon those people. And so, what, once again, when it comes to acting out these things, we need what verse 2 says. Because it's not just someone who sets themselves apart from things deliberately, but, verse 2, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. And I believe, I've seen this, you know, I've seen this at, like just play out in the social media sphere and in the public sphere that I see Christians who I believe, what I would describe them, are people who have no problem labelling things evil, avoiding things, posting very inflammatory things against things, but I do not see them as people who delight in the law of the Lord. I see them as delighting in their fear of people and, and setting up division. And, 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 and so, now, like I said, it's not, it's right. You need to learn what do we set ourselves apart from. Even John this morning was talking about, he was watching a show and, dis, and he drew a line about when he chose to stop engaging with that show because of the content. We need to draw lines, absolutely. But if you're not delighting in the law of, Lord, law of the Lord and being formed by that, then what seems like a good action can actually be infused by the wrong things. And it can be all about your insecurities. I mean, I, like, without naming, have, I mean, I, I'm sure like, I, know, I have pictures in my mind of people that it's not that they, um, you know, set themselves apart from certain things because they want to set an example because they love those people and they're trying to shine the light. I have sensed in some people who hold these sorts of um, kind of rather extreme stances, like what I feel in them is they're just terrified of non-Christian people. That's what, that's what fuels them. They're scared of them. And that's not from God. They didn't get that from being formed in the love of God. That's them. And choosing to avoid. But we're called to delight in the law of the Lord. It's not that we stand apart from that because we define ourselves that way. We stand apart from those things because we love something else. 
we love the law of the Lord. And when the, and when the Old Testament says law of the Lord, it doesn't mean just the part where it lists laws. It's talking about the whole Torah. It's like, you know, the, the parts that describe God's character. You know, like it's not just... That's their way of saying the scriptures. Um, in, in so many of the scriptures. So, you know, whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person, verse 3... That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do, prospers. And if we think fruitfulness in terms of, you know, the, the New Testament grabs this idea of fruitfulness, and, it, and it's very much the deeds that flow out from our faith, you can see exactly that that makes the point, that if you want to yield the type of fruit that isn't corrupted by sin, then it's about delighting in the law of the Lord. It's about spending time being formed by the love of God. Um, I, I have seen this, um, you know, so I gave that example of, you know, like when I speak, what's the motivation? Am I seeking significance from people? And these are matters of the heart that often we can only judge. Like, I, I can, you know, like these are things that you measure and discern and decide what's driving you. But... If we're to be formed by the law of the Lord, um, then we can produce the type of fruit that we're meant to produce. I mean, I don't know how this plays out in your life, but like even, so, you know, like you can be someone who's very committed in a church context and volunteers the house down and you can be full of resentment for those who aren't volunteering. Do you know what I mean? Like you can actually be doing the work of God, quote-unquote, and your heart can be full of jealousy and envy and bitterness that others aren't pulling their weight. And it's like, how do we... And the only way you're going to protect your heart from going in that direction and serving from a place of that's formed by grace is by caring for your soul. Because who is the one that died for you before you deserved it? Who is the one that served you before you deserved it? Who is the one that came to you when you couldn't come to Him? And that's God. And when you read, I mean, did you read the lyrics of that song? Like, they're the truth that we're meant to be formed in. That, you know, that my, my strength and my shield is Jesus. All I need is Jesus. And then if you're formed in that truth, then you're equipped to go and volunteer and serve and not be bitter towards people who don't serve. Because, yes, that bitterness, that's not flowing from the Holy Spirit. That's flowing from us. You know, and so how do we care for our soul? It can be a case of, um, and you know, like, um, you might be someone who enjoys robust theological discussion with people. You know, you like, you like, you like getting into the intricacies of scripture, but, you know, I meet men and women, I should say, but probably more men in this particular field, but, but more, more, more men who, they care a lot about the word of God, truth. And they do care about truth, but when they come to discussing with people who disagree, there is a weird spirit in them that also cares too much about being right, that I start to distrust. Because I never hear them say that they're wrong, I start to feel like there's... It's not that it's not a pure love of God there, but I believe there's something else infecting it. And that is, I don't want to appear wrong before people, I want to be right, I... And, like, and it's like, so we're talking about the subtle things, aren't we? These are subtle things that infuse what we do. Um, but if there's a thought that 
I want to sort of like for us to meditate on this morning. We are called to love others from the place of God loving us first. We're not just called to go out and and serve without. I mean, Jesus calls us to abide in Him. We, you cannot do this without me. I mean, Jesus is very bold, isn't He? I mean, you cannot do this apart from me. You can do nothing. You cannot produce the fruit that I want without me. And so, I, I, the, the thing about a, a sermon like this, it, it needs your own meditation because we all have our weak spots. Um, like, so for me, I'll give you a few more because I think with these sorts of things, it's certainly not a sermon where I want to start telling you what I think about all your weak spots. You know, I'll just focus here because that's safer. Um, but, um, but it's, you know, so my weak spots is I understand sometimes... I don't do things which I'm not as good at, even if it might serve someone, because I have shame issues around people watching me do things I'm not good at. You know, like, so it's, it's something small and subtle, but it's something that needs to be healed by the love of God. Am I, am I how good I do that? Like, is that who I am? No, I'm, I'm who God made me. He loves me as I am. Um, it's the same way, like, if you want to get down to... You know, people who who love bragging about their kids, right? And which is great. Nothing wrong. It's good that you, you love bragging about your kids. And, and you know, but in this today's social media world, it gets a little infected by the parents' own need for attention. And so it's something that's good and pure. It's good to, 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 to be excited and proud of your kids. But there's something impure there. There's something not from the love of God there. And when you start breaking it down, my goodness... Do you find that you're like, these sorts of little impure motivations are always crouching at the door, aren't they? They infuse what we're doing. Um, our insecurities, our, our, our wounds from the past. And if I ask you a simple question, where is the place where they heal? Where is the place where they get truth spoken to them? Where is the... I mean, I, I bought something. I don't know. Did I bring it? I did bring it. Maybe. Uh, is there a little piece of paper? Uh, I don't know. Anyway, I have, um, I don't know, I've, I've posted it online before, but one of the things that God taught me is I have a bunch of weaknesses. He keeps teaching me this in a bunch of different ways. Um, and so what I did was I thought, well, what are, my, what are my trapping points? What are the parts of my character that constantly get tested when I go to serve God or go to do love others? And I wrote a prayer, my own personal one, that had an intense focus on my particular weaknesses um, because I thought, well, okay, you know, so one of my things is, and I was sharing with this John, is that I have a personality that loves harmony. So sometimes I can be a little too controlling in situations because I'm a little scared of people not getting along. And, 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 now, and, but what, now what's actually driving me in that moment is insecurity. I feel insecure around conflict, so I'm going to try and control the world around me to not have conflict. Now, um, what, and so I've got a prayer, I pray, that um, my main concern is peace with God, you know, and understanding that even though it's good that I'm a peacemaker, peace with man is not always possible right away. You know, we want, you know, that old thing, like, we want, and in the church, we want unity, not uniformity. We don't want people pretending they agree. We want, we want, it's okay, a little bit of conflict's okay. Um... I have this, I have to say to myself, because, you know, I'm my father's son and I love to speak, you know, um, I have to, I have to, I pray to myself 
Nathan, you are enough before you speak. You do not need to speak. You do not need to have something to contribute to be worth something. And I need to tell myself that all the time because there's an insecure part of me that feels like if I have nothing to contribute, I must mean nothing. Like, which is stupid. That's not from God. That's not from delighting in the law of the Lord. We're not formed in that way. And so, I guess one of the things is, one of the things I could open up, I don't know, there's a small group here, we can try this. Um, uh, well, we can do a couple of things. Well, what is, what is meditating on the Lord day and night? What is delighting in the law of the Lord, abiding in the vine? What does that look like in practice in your life? What are some, when, when I say those things, what do you picture yourself doing? What are some ideas? Um, I think with what you do, like I've looked at you as an example to do this for myself, so mm. you should feel really proud of yourself. Um, <laughs> but, I, but, I won't, but I won't base myself work on that, okay? I'll make you sure I'll worthy. make. I, 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 was worthy. <laughs> I was worthy before this conference. That's very true. That's very true. <laughs> but um, looking at your weakness, mm. right? And or even one of like my weaknesses is pride, mm. and um, so I'm always looking for situations where when I'm doing something, just before I do it, I say, God, if I'm going to do it to be proud of myself, humble me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and and then I get humbled. <laughs> and, mm. and if my humbling before was always quite nasty, it was quite what I thought of it was really strong from God. Mm. But because I've started to ask for the being humbled, I'm ready to be humble. So I'm not as agitated by the way I was humbled because I asked for it. Mm. So um, I think that's important to reflect on your weakness and read the word and see what Jesus always says about those who do not humble themselves will be humbled. Mm. And, and I always look at that scripture and I just think, yes, that's so, so real. It's much less painful to humble ourselves. Yes. It's, it's still hard for me to humble mm. myself in certain situations, yeah. but God does humble me quite often. Mm. So you got that weakness, and the way you meditate is to you, you've tried to develop a habit of a particular prayer that you, you speak into. That. Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, so how, so how does this work out in our lives, you know? When I reflect on this psalm, mm. uh, it kind of clearly defines certain kinds of attitudes in people. Uh, the scoffer, uh, do not walk in the way of the wicked, do not walk in the, you know, the seat, you know, yeah, sin yeah. in the seat of sinners. So those words define attitudes that can reside in me and others. Mm. That needs to be watched. So a sinner is someone who thinks their ego is central. A wicked person is someone who defines life by what they do, not what God does. Mm. Right? So, uh, yeah, there's different attitudes there. So uh, they can get a religious bent to them as you're saying. But really it's saying if, if you want to uh, be fruitful and be godly, 
you have to avoid these attitudes and people who embrace these attitudes. So the tension always is, I know they exist in me, but I'm fighting a fight with them. I've already said they're evil, they're bad. I don't want them to rule. They're still there. Whereas I'm, avoid, I'm to avoid people who don't seem to think that they need to fight that. Those attitudes they are embraced. It's okay for my ego to be central. It's okay for my friends and I to do what we like, even at the expense of our others. You know, so, uh, <coughs> some of the practices I can read, I've been taught to read, so I have the privilege of being able to read scripture and to meditate on scripture. I'm conscious there's a lot of people who are not brought up with that or are not comfortable with that. So how do they do that? They don't do it by picking up a book. They do it by gathering with other people who love God and rely on those who can articulate scripture and meditate on scripture and encourage them to memorize scripture to do that. That's why, you know, pay attention to the public reading of scripture, to the gathering of yourselves together, for the, of devotion to the apostles' preaching, to prayer, to fellowship. Uh, so there's a whole raft to so for me, my devotional time in the morning, mm. I can't survive without it. Uh, I say, my church family, I can't do it. Um, my health, uh, you know, Romans 12, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercy of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. My body is the place where the spirit resides and interacts with it. So for me, there's a lot of little disciplines. Getting on with my wife. If Pearl and I are not getting on, mm. my prayers don't get past the center. So, you know, that means the first quarter four, mm. you know, uh, those, so for me, they're there. There's lots of them and then you just think you've got a whole bunch of them in, in store when what you say is the Lord says, well, you become pretty proud of those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can give you an example. You know, there was someone in our community who had an event at work that they didn't want to participate in, which is fair enough. They didn't, it was for a cause they didn't want to stand with. Um, but they were talking about whether they should uh, kick up a stink, I guess, is what they were thinking. And I said, and, you know, I think in the past I probably thought really simplistically about these things. Yes or no. Like, but I, I actually asked, I, I realised with these sorts of things, I said, well, if you did decide to hold that position, do you think you could hold it well and with good character? Or do you think you would probably give way to a bit of anger and venom? And, and he was like, well, probably the latter. I said, well, then you should think about, you know, like maybe just non-participation is the best for you right now because... If you're not confident, you can be Christ-like in how you hold. Um, and, and that's what I mean. It's like, whereas, like, the person who's not concerned, as Dad's saying, of realising that there are those evil impulses inside us that can corrupt us when we're not formed in the love of God, they just go ahead and they think they're waving a sword for Jesus. Like, look at me cut all these people down. Look at me, look at me spit venom at them in the name of the Lord. And, and you know, it's like this whole thing of... Um, 
um, you know, like, isn't it incredible? Like, how much does our generation not understand? Be really slow to speak. Be really careful. Be be formed, you know, like, um, be formed in the love of God first. Like, make sure you, um, sometimes silence is, I mean, Jesus at times chose silence, didn't he? He didn't fight every accusation. He didn't fight everything. He chose silence sometimes. That was the right response. And I'm saying, and, and so I think that's why wisdom is a thing, isn't it? Like, wisdom is the application of these, these truths to our lives. It's not just, you know, simplistically it's right to um, do this or do that. Actually, I think, if you, and, and this is consistent with what Paul, if you read Paul's teaching, Paul's very concerned about where your actions are flowing from. You know, he would be like, um, well, if you're not moving from a place of love, maybe you shouldn't do anything at all right now. Maybe you should <laughs> go learn a bit more about Jesus and things like that. So, you know, we can't be simplistic. But I, I think, you know, for this morning, if I want to leave, leave you, and we'll play another song to just reflect on. And thanks, Sharon and Dad, for, for sharing. And I know that um, this is, I know this is something that plays into all our lives. It's like maybe just in the form of a blessing is that may you love others from the place of being deeply loved by God. You know, because if you can if you can live this year and 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 meditate in that and and move move from the space that is deeply in love with God, then you are equipped to love others with the character of God. Um, you know, it was interesting in the three months off, um, you know, God has revealed a few more you know, just just ways um, that I that I'm a little insecure, that I'm a little um, that I'm a little my ego is a little too precious in some areas, and it, and you know, but that came from having you know the blessing of the three months for me. I was caring for my wife and and taking on load for her, but the blessing was I was I just had some bit more space to meditate, and you know I, I was a little I've become a little more stricter on myself. Like I don't really have, um, which is not hard for some of you, but for my generation, if you ask them all, like nearly 100% have their phones next to them when they go to sleep, and they, they look at them whenever they can't sleep, and they look at them when they first rise in the morning, so I don't have my phone next to me most of the time, except when I lose my other alarm, then I put it there, and I put it away again, but but I've gotten rid of the habit of, of, of just looking at it when I'm bored, because what was happening was my head was always buzzing as well, so how can God speak to a head that's always buzzing, like that's always... That's always got distraction, and um, and he. I found that as I created some room and I did some reading, it was really easy for God to just say, "Hey, Nate, you know how you're a bit jumpy in these situations and you talk too much in these situations? That's because you're a little insecure, and that's because you're looking for work in some really bad ways." And I was like, "Oh," and so God was able to form that. But I look back on my life. I look back when I was in youth, and John was my youth leader. And, you know, if you were to ask that boy, you know, like, really, honestly, he believed in his heart as heart. He had enough strength to be good on his own, for sure. Better than the average man, for sure. And, um, and, um, and you know, God's just had to slowly just break that down. Maybe you're not as good as you think you are. Maybe you need me a little more than you think you do. And God's whittled me down to the point where it's like, oh, my goodness, if I don't spend time with God, I'm scared of what I'll be. <laughs> you know, I'm scared of how I'll act. I'm scared of how I'll act out towards people. So... Yeah, just I hope that's an encouragement to you because I thought, you know, this is we're about to enter a new year. And it's new years are an opportunity to just think, okay, well how am I how am I forming myself in the law of the Lord, abiding in the vine of Jesus? And so I hope that meditation is just helpful as we as we go away and
on this nice simple Boxing Day service. Uh, someone want to just close this in prayer, then we'll finish with a final song. And um, can't be bad again. He's, he's already had his go. I'm happy. Thanks, mum. Do it now. Yeah, pray, and then we'll play a final song. God, just thank you for your word and um, just how, in a way, it's so simple and it's so profound. And thank you, Lord, that you don't leave us alone um, to try and wonder how to um, walk um, in our lives here on earth. Just thank you, Lord, for um, uh, just giving us the path forward, Lord. Um, just help us, Lord, because we are so weak. Uh, we need um, the strength to obey you, to do what you suggest, Lord, in your word for us to do. Uh, because you know that really that is the way forward and it is the way of blessing and the way of changing us to be more like you. Thank you for your Holy Spirit, Lord, who lives in each one of us, who helps us to live for you day by day. Amen. Oh, we just have one more song to just meditate on.